You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. And And Jack. Jack! Hey, that's me. And welcome, everybody. It's episode 55. Five, five, fifty-five. 55. Sammy Hagar's least favorite episode. None of us can drive it anyway. Um, I'm Pete, here with Jason, Larry, and Jack. His back from his, uh, was it sciatica? No, it was... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hill says it was a trip to Greece, an island called sciatica. But, yeah, no. It was more like a prison in New York State. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, any of you suffering from sciatica, you have my sincere condolences because it sucks. I have a really good grease joke, but it's probably, it's definitely yeah. not appropriate. No. So uh, today's episode, we're going to just kind of, um, we don't really have a guest, nope. but we have a lot to talk about. We need to communicate. And yeah, today's message is going to be about communication in Freemasonry and how it needs to improve or... Well, or what works and what doesn't. What tools can we use in the modern but, day? But before we start there, let's start with Jack, because he was going last week. Uh, Jack, what have you done Masonically in the past couple weeks? Four weeks. Ermagerd. Uh, I, don't, I haven't even thought about it. Um, well, we had past Masters Night for the first Masonic District um, on Saturday, um, and we got... As the name would imply, past masters from the first Masonic district. I, I didn't know about that. Uh, you didn't. Yeah, I was. I have somehow. I was not invited. You are a past master and should have been communicated to. So maybe that will come up as a part yeah, of the well, communication. Com- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> something's coming up anyway. But we had a, a terrific meal. I, I don't even remember the name of the barbecue place. Someplace in Mount Joy, Harry's or someplace. Har- Harvey's. Yep. Harvey's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, was astounding. Uh, the the food was absolutely. They're good with everything. Incredible. I don't know if you had their chicken, but their chicken is award winning. Chicken was good. The ribs was yeah. just 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 like an hors d'oeuvre. You could take the meat right off the bone. It was great. Um, the the ladies who served it were awesome. So it was good. And then after dinner, the district deputy uh, sort of called a gathering, and um, it was sort of like Festivus. You know, the airing of grievances uh, around the Festivus poll. So we just talked about where are we, what are we doing, what do we need to do different. There were there were four principal streams of the conversation, and at one point, I don't know if you know Patch, the past master. Absolutely, yes. Um, Patch says, "You know what? You know what we said here tonight. Same damn thing we've said every time I've ever gotten together with more than three masons." That was beautiful. So Very eloquent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and spot on. And yeah. And, and it is. And we talk about the same things. And I, I hold that they were probably talking about these things in 1780 uh, as well. You know, membership retention and uh, guarding the Westgate and, and mentoring and blah, 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 and all that stuff. So I don't think our problems are anything new. I think this population crash after the big post-war bubble is affecting us. Um, like why we didn't see it coming. I don't know. 
But anyway, there were some good good thoughts, good conversations about mentoring, and you know, why do we? How, how about we have? How about we have everybody's mentoring sessions open to everybody else? So if Ephrata's mentoring Tuesday nights and your guys are on Wednesday nights, but your candidate can't make it Wednesday night, send them to Ephrata. We're fine with that. That's great. Uh, you know, fish them out and meet some new people. And um, so, so there may be something that comes from that. I think that's a really good idea is, is just being able to um, expose the candidates to more people, more lodges, more buildings, more fellowship. That's that's all good, and and different ways that the different lodges go about it. So that was that was one of the uh, good spots that came out. Prior to that, we had on Thursday night our uh, third annual table chapter for Chapter Forty Three of uh, Royal Archmasons in Lancaster. So we had a very formal dinner with. Uh, uh, about third, well, we had 28 people in attendance, uh, 26 of whom we knew about, and two more that we didn't. So we had to, that's pretty good, except yeah. for that room only holds 26. <laughs> we had to squish, uh, <laughs> we had to squish people together a little bit at the uh, just before. Uh, that went very. I thought it went very well. We had with us, right? No, not right. Worshipful, um, uh, most excellent Grand High Priest George Morrow. Uh, who is the Grand High Priest of the Holy Royal Arch Chapter of Pennsylvania. And George was absolutely wonderful, um, just very down-to-earth guy, um, easy to talk with, lots of great stories. I think he had a very good time, and um, it was, all in all, a very nice evening. Is he maybe interested in being on the show sometime? Yes, he said that he was. We just have to organize that. How long did it take you to ask him? And it was it like fifteen minutes in the conversation? I'm asking because there's something we're going to talk about with Larry later. <laughs> uh, it was a private conversation between he and I. We were both at the head. Oh, end so of the you table didn't put him on the spot in front of uh, uh, a thousand people? No, I was standing on the table when I asked him. But beyond that, no, it was okay. kind of a private thing. And then Sunday we had Grotto, and a couple of you guys were at the Grotto meeting, and we'll probably mourn that one here in a few minutes as well. All right, Jason, anything? Nothing. Liar. Liar. Lying liar. You work for the... Uh. He can't talk about his work. It's like hippo. Hippo. Oh, okay. Hippo, not hippo. I uh, work, and uh, I had, a, I guess, the stated meeting and extra meeting were before or after the last show. I don't even remember. But anybody that's friends with me on Facebook knows that been dealing with a BS ruptured eardrum that no doctor believed me, and and I was uh, I was correct, so I got a ruptured eardrum. What'd you win? Uh, nothing, nothing. Some expensive drugs and about fifty percent of the hearing that I should. I'll tell you all the things that I didn't go to. I was supposed to go to Philly with uh, our now companion Jim Stevens and uh, watch him get his Royal Arch degree. Uh, canceled. Was supposed to go to Kite and Key Lodge with Larry and Brian Hill. Canceled. Was supposed to go to Table Chapter, and I gave my ticket to Ken Hudson, who thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Larry, yes. tell us about your uh, your misadventures. I have uh, I've been busy. Actually. Oh yeah, Lodge Research didn't go. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't know you were going to go though. Right. Besides, but anyway, a couple of weeks ago I went to uh, Lodge Forty Three. The first time I've ever visited Lodge 43 in Lancaster. What? I was invited to a chicken pot pie dinner, oh, and I well, went. that explains it. But with the proviso that I put a coat and tie on and attend their stated meeting, which I did. And actually, I was very impressed. It was a good meeting. Enjoyable. We had a great speaker who, uh, Chris uh, Gibson. Chris, yep, Chris Gibson. Did the I know uh, that guy. ceremonial 
thing with whatever. <laughs> the the empty he, he did the tall cedars empty chair program that he converted with Grand Lodge's permission to a blue lodge. Yeah. Oh, nice. It was yeah. it was really really excellent. It was beautiful. I believe he will be coming in to, to do that same ceremony at effort. Really, it's really nice. Our memorial service. Yeah. And goose and gridiron that following Thursday, Saturday the tall cedars picnic, uh, and uh, Lady Stephanie was there, and we had a we had good turnout. Uh, there were uh, like three or four. Appendant body meetings going on and dinners, so our turnout wasn't as large as it normally is, but we had a good substantial turnout and we had a great time. We really did. Uh, Wednesday, June twentieth, Kite and Key in Allentown for their meeting at the Masonic Center in Allentown, and the festive board afterwards. And I am going to tell you, I was so impressed. Did you wear a kilt? No, I didn't wear a kilt, but I wore a black suit, white shirt, bow tie, Brackham, damn near and him. white gloves. I was dressed for the occasion. But the festive board was wonderful. I think we had seven toasts. It, of course, we ate at uh, Rodizio Brazil Steakhouse, and it was a meat frenzy. I've never eaten Did so you get much. the meat sweats? Oh, God, yes, I did. I, I had to stop. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It's like sharks oh, in, the, in, the, in the movies where the sharks are having a feeding frenzy. But, and the room's quiet. And everybody's eyes closed because it's, it's a self-preservation method. They close their eyes when they bite so the prey doesn't hit their eyes. I will say one of the things about Kite really? and Key and, their, and the combination week. of their festive board, which was something that I experienced when I was in England, it, it was really... I, I've been traveling in Freemasonry for 44 years, and I never felt so good about going to a meeting and enjoying the festive board and the fellowship that I experienced that night. And it was really, really something kind of special. So I appreciate. Are you going to cry? No, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> it's My okay, voice Larry. is giving out. Where is the bur bourbon? Did I say bourbon? Uh, no, also, you cannot. Saturday, June the 23rd. The Pennsylvania Lodge of Research met in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, with the right worshipful Grandmaster S. Eugene Harrop. Gosh, S. Eugene Harrop. Yes, yeah, Gene, Eugene. Uh, I hope he's not listening to this one. But anyway, the right worshipful Grandmaster was in attendance. And um, that, that's, that's pretty much it. And uh, you asked him if, about being on the show, right? Well, uh, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, we had about 150 brothers at that meeting. 36 of them were officers of the Grand Lodge, all dressed in their purple and their tails and everything like that. So I actually, I guess I kind of started by saying that. Uh, we had 300,000 fans? No, no, no. Actually, I, I talked a little bit about Seth Anthony and modern communications and the fact that the Grand Lodge is streaming the Academy and how great I think it was and our social, our presence on the social networks, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, and how important it is to communicate to members. And 20 minutes later, they gave you the hook. No, they didn't give me the hook, but that led right into Masonic Light podcast. So basically what I did with 150 brothers from throughout the state was sold our podcast. I mentioned that. I haven't seen a check. What'd you get for it? Yeah. I haven't I'm seen in, a check. I'm in for at least a quarter. <laughs> I mentioned that we have a fine listening audience. and <laughs> I haven't gotten my Eugene prize yet. Mm. Anyway, anyway, and uh, one of the things we talked about was I, I, I have a little bit of a thing that, and I said to the Grandmaster, <laughs> that there seems to be a reluctance with Grand Lodge officers to want to appear 
on a podcast, particularly specifically. So our you didn't just add, like like when we have a guest, you couldn't just say, "Would you like to be on hey, our show?" Now wait a minute, Gene. So baby. the grandmaster said, "Are you asking me to be on your show?" I said, "Yes." All right, let's move along now. That's what he said okay. next. That's right? how long it took to okay. get to the question. Yeah, too. It took about ten minutes. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Could you and, imagine and Larry asking somebody off the prom? Jerry, Larry, people were texting me during your speech. Oh, they're like, OMG, <laughs> are you here? What is Larry doing? I'm not here. What's going on? No one did that. Ron Carson had a bruise on his forehead from like Tim, Tim Dedman sent me like 30 emails. Did he really? Absolutely. God, God bless him. I knew right, Tim was, was there, and I thought, oh Lord. You know, I texted somebody who was at that meeting, and I said, "Did he embarrass us?" No response. <laughs> Come on. Well, anyway, the Grandmaster did not make a commitment on the floor. Smart, smart. So he said, will you see me at lunch and we'll talk further. And bring your dues card. And, <laughs> and uh, I did go in the, uh, in the, in the uh, lunchroom. And, and when I you did. were approaching, did he like r- touch his eyebrow and, <laughs> no, his, and, no, and his assistants no, came and shoot him away? Not. The deputy Grandmaster was sitting with him and the secretary of the lodge was, of the Grand Lodge was sitting with him. And he allowed me to interrupt his, his, his lunch. And we talked to him, and he said, what, what would you want me to talk about? And I said, basically, what you talked about here today would be perfect for our show. And he said, okay. He said, uh, I, I would definitely give that a good thought. He said, I, I would be interested. He said, uh, what kind of time frame? I said, we're looking at October or November. And I said, it would be great if you could visit the studio. However, we can do it remotely. Uh, you know, through uh, Google Hangouts or for Skype. So, I mean, we don't... I think for the right worshipful Grandmaster, we could probably drive to Philadelphia and... (laughs) All right, Larry, you're done. Um, (laughs) What did I do? I went to Supreme Council of Grottos of North America um, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Went out with Jay Laser. And if you can't see, I'm doing the air quotes, Jay Laser. And uh, it was fun. It was a long drive, um, like nine hours. But, um, you know, hospitality rooms were good. Um, Pretty much all the votes that came up, uh, we got some clarification and things were voted. Yes, things were voted down. Things were tabled. But, you know, it was a good meeting. I'm glad it went. Um, And then uh, newly elected to the bottom of the line is a a friend of ours, um, Bob Lorenz, who is... um, a past master out of Pittsburgh and past monarch and past everything. And he's now going to be grand captain of the guard supporter of the show too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Big fan. So, uh, yeah, we're happy. So yeah, we're starting to stack the deck with, uh, pro podcast people in the grotto line. So there we go. It's easy to love. Um, and I went to grotto last night, but that was it. So let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll get to communication in Freemasonry. So I'm with Masonic Light Podcast. We're um, we're a, a, an internet radio show um, by Masons for you. You've heard us. All right. So tell us who you are. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. I know. That's why. So tell us who you are, why you're here, and what what was it that you got out of your time in the East? Well, I'm Rick Bledsoe, and I was past master 
of Lamberton Lodge, or I still am, and I was master in 2001. And the most memorable thing for me was I gave my dad his 25-year pin when I was master. Outstanding. Yeah. So any last words or parting shots for uh, Pete Ruggieri? Where are you, Pete? Oh, snap! everybody and uh so this topic just came kind of came to us organically because all of us had some interactions the past couple weeks where we felt like the communication was could could have been improved there could have been some area of opportunity this is where we cue the uh, communication communication breakdown breakdown. and uh, yeah but but yet but we're not allowed to to actually do that so right if it's it's less than three seconds or something like that less than 30 seconds we have to be talking about it as well all right so communication breakdown there we go so we talked about it so um an example um so earlier in the year um in the supreme grotto councils of north america we had some edicts that came out from the right worshipful grand, or not the right, worshipful, just the grand monarch, the grand monarch. And everybody, at least in our grotto, I don't know the feelings across the United States, but in our local grotto, people were upset about what they were, what, what the thing was. And we, you know, and of course we stewed about it. We griped about it internally. And then when I got out there for the vote, like, eight, nine months later where we're going to actually vote on these things and we're clarifying and it's being explained to me. Apparently, like, what the intent was was completely different than what we read. And there was two or three other votes that were not explained well. And I just think they unnecessarily got people in a negative mood. Um, You know, and I, I just... Sometimes I just wonder... What can we do better? Because I think, at least for me, I'm not good at anything. I'm not good at building things, but I'm pretty good with communication. And so these things come easier to me and naturally to me, but I don't know how to put it down on paper to teach somebody else how to effectively communicate. You know, I have been to one, two. Well, I've been to plenty of secretary seminars in my former life as secretary, but I've been to a lot of these leadership seminars, and I wasn't at the one that Grand Lodge just did that was the uh, the one they charged a slight fee for that wasn't necessarily, it was, it was applicable in, in your, you know, any part of your life. But, you know, the one thing that's great about Freemasonry, which is also one of the things that, you know, is not great about Freemasonry, is that, that anybody, you know, providing you can, you can meet the criteria of memorization work and ritual work and the time commitment, you know, anybody can go through the East, Everybody has equal opportunity to go through the East and, and you know, there, you don't have to have a resume of, you know, this is what I've done in my professional life. And we do get some people that are in places of power that, that maybe have never led a team at all before. You know, they might be great at the work, but they may be, you know, work in a factory or, or a warehouse or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's been my experience that you find people that don't have that skill set. I would like to see. And it doesn't have to be like a blue collar job. I know plenty of surgeons who are incredibly smart 
they just don't have to like interact with underlings. Right. They yeah. are the boss and right. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that not having yeah. that that skill set in Freemasonry is good or bad. I mean, there's certainly professions that that's not necessary. So it would be nice to see in in the leadership trainings that we do with some some really hardcore effective communication. When I went to these leadership seminars, I was all excited because I thought we were going to do some like role playing and do some old like situational, you know, interviewing questions. Like I'm the big bad wolf and you're little red riding hood. I mean, I've role played to death terminations and I've role played to death, you know, recruiting and go to these seminars and, you know, there's no, there's no role playing. And that's huge in my opinion. Yeah. Combined with the fact that you get one year and you're out. So by the time you figured out how to do it, you're done. So in, in, in most lodges, the worshipful master is going to sit for a year. The monarch is going to sit for a year. The high priest is going to be in for a year. So you don't even, even if you begin to understand how this is supposed to roll, you're done before you start. So uh, there's, a, there's actually a, a minor push going on to extend the worshipful master's terms to two years as a standard, not obligatory, but as a, as a, you know, as an available option. I'm, I'm not, we don't want to talk about that tonight, but, um, you're right. Nobody teaches the, the, the rising officers how to be a rising officer. Nobody teaches that. Um, you, you could maybe have a lodge or two in your district that was good at that and that, that could, you know, could pull that off. I just don't know how you can do that across 600 lodges across the state of Pennsylvania, plus the entire, you know, Northern hemisphere. It'd be be nice. Like with all these different things of, um, you know, the Halt's Academy and the, and the master Mason, master pillar and these things, you know, Jack and I worked in sales. So we've all read like Stephen Covey and all these other seven highly habits of effective people. And so that kind of stuff gets beat into you when you're an on the road salesperson, because mm-hmm. everything is a, everything you do in your life is a sales pitch. Yeah. And people who are not professional sales folks, I guess they don't have that mindset. And yet, oddly enough, everybody, no matter what your job is, you're selling something to somebody, right? If you're a line worker, you're selling something to the supervisor about how to get this done better. If, if you're a, a cashier at the grocery store, you're talking about how maybe you can rearrange the, the whatever in order to get a better flow through. Or you should be if you're thinking about your job, if you're thinking about doing things better. You, so, uh, you know, even that cashier at the grocery store has to sell to that little old lady who forgot that she had, you know, her coupons were all expired. You know, you're always selling. People are always selling. But they don't realize it sometimes, and they're not really trained to it. And people react the way they're going to react. And you know, we we learn that communication is not just the words you use, but the tone that you have, and your body language, and all of those components of communication that come together. But we don't teach our officers any of that ever in in going through the chairs. It's just by osmosis. I took a job once. And, and I, I, it was the only job I've ever been fired from. And I said, you planted me here as a, as a bush and told me to be a tree. How can I do that? Without, without you prune me right, I can't be a tree. I'm going to stay a bush. That's what I am. It's what you planted here. So 
it's incumbent on us at some level to to train to train people. And I I'm not sure how to do that, honest to goodness. I mean, unless you've got a guy in the lodge who's you know, who's a, a, a corporate mentor or a, a somebody from SCORE or somebody, you know, like that, that can that can really sit down, that has the credibility. I mean, unless that. you have a very well-oiled lodge with great committees and a long line to get where you're going, you could have somebody be on a, in, in a perfect world. Somebody could be on a committee with experienced people at planning things before they even get in the line. But we just know in reality, you come to a few meetings and you show a little bit of interest and you're going to be a line officer. Mm -hmm. And if you know, you know, the other side of that too, is that if you know that there are skill sets that are not your strongest, you know, and we're talking about, you know, communication, this one, but if you, you know, if you, if you're not a strong communicator, then surround yourself and build yourself a team. Like you're saying with the, it's a little bit different because, you know, we have these progressive lines. So you don't necessarily get to pick your year, who your junior and senior warden are going to be, but you can certainly, you know, get a couple past masters and get a couple, you know, committees together that, that you can delegate. I mean, that's another maybe. But you have to know that you need that, right? <laughs> True. So if you don't know you need that, how do you how do you know? You don't know what you don't know until you're you're already master and somebody's complaining about the job that you're doing. So it's it's kind of it's kind of and and maybe that's a good place to go back to the past masters meeting and say, you know, we need not only do we need to be mentoring the new candidates that are coming in. But we need to be mentoring the guys in the chairs, and we're we're not really doing a very good job of that right now. I think it's a great opportunity. We could be, um, but it's another it's another avenue of training. And you know, if we're making good men better, here's a great way to do it. Now, in our district, and I don't know how how much follow through there has been with you know the change of our you know district level leadership. Uh, you know, but, but when I became an officer, I got assigned a, a past master as a mentor. And I don't know if that program is still in play. But oh, I never heard of that. Yeah, I mean, I've, That's I've a, I mean, it's great. If, like, did, he, did he help? Did he, it's, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's Jeff Moyer. I mean, he's huh. that that he is my go-to. Like, does he know he can break up with you now? I thought he was your illegitimate father. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I have been told that if I need <laughs> need need to vent or I need anything, he's the first person that I talk to. And, and that's great. Yeah. Um, is he that for other people? Well, the idea was that everybody Not for me. No, the, the <laughs> idea was that every officer had had a, a separate. Passmaster, but out of you know because not every passmaster wanted to participate. There are a few that have had it double up. Yeah. So I mean, I think that Jeff officially is assigned to a couple of us. Now I don't know if that program is still hardcore. I think play, that's a great program. Yeah. I I never heard of it at at Effort Lodge, but I think it's a terrific idea. Pete keeps looking over here like I'm going to add something. To this well, I just wonder if you're going to join us. Uh, I mean, you, you took a lot of energy I, and I, and, I, and ropes and, and safety equipment to get you downstairs. <laughs> so I just wanted you to get your money's worth. I don't have a problem communicating, do I? Yes. yes. Oh, my. <laughs> no. Let's ask the grandmaster about that. He doesn't, he doesn't have a problem communicating. It's the communicating effectively. <laughs> well, if I had to give um, one piece of advice to the, to the world is when you're communicating LCD, lowest common den denominator, you train to the person who knows nothing. When you write a message, you just assume that the person that you're, the, the message you're trying to convey, you need to over explain it. Oh, yeah. That's why most marketing is to, to the average 12 year old. And yeah. it needs to be that way. But yeah. we start thinking because as master or monarch or as whatever, because Freemasonry is very important to you and you go to five, six, seven, ten things a month. You're just assuming that it's the same priority for everybody else, too. 
Mm. It's not. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you want to have an event and you want to get some people, you know, just one time, one post isn't going to help. You, you, you know, you really got to over explain and maybe somebody has been a member for 20 years. Maybe they've never been to this event. So when they just say, Hey, come out the strawberry night, right. like, well, what's the strawberry night? So I uh, guess there's strawberries. So involved. I don't, don't want to get too deep in the weeds on what, what effective communication is, but here, I mean, effective communication is sending, receiving and confirmation, right? Because what I'm sending to you, you might be receiving, but you may not be hearing what I'm saying. You mean so, reading? No, reading, hearing, seeing, whatever. But what I'm, you know, part of communication is confirming that the person who's receiving understands what it was that was sent at them. And that's a big part of what's missing. That that goes back to that, that grotto letter early in the year. I mean, he sent that letter out. And what he intended was not what was received. Correct. You know, it was perceived completely differently. And, and the cooler heads prevailed at, at the time, and, and they got together and said, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? And so things were able to settle down after that. But, but it's that confirmation component, you know, roger that, received, right? I've got your message. I've got it. Um, it's that part of it that's missing from a lot of this stuff. And, and as far as events go, if you just put out a message that says, hey, we're doing this thing, you got nothing. Right. So like, like a past master's night, you have a list on the, probably on the back of your trestle board for at least in Pennsylvania, how we do it with all the living, with all the living past masters. Except Pete's. Yeah. Throw a, throw a check mark for the people that you've reached out to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Because, you know, and maybe some of the guys don't get email. You might have to pick up a phone. <laughs> so that broaches the subject of the technology, right? We were talking about the, the intent of the communication and some areas that we need to communicate better. But now we get to the technology. How, how about we, we've identified the problem. How about we take a quick break and we'll talk about some ideas of how we can uh, better... Mm-hmm effectively communicate so we need to invent some solutions during the break yeah yeah we need we need to pretend to sell something uh for our eight million fans we need a role play i want to talk about prom night (laughs) (laughs) we'll be back hey masonic light listener it's jack here you've probably heard by this time that we're building a new studio And this is something that we feel very passionately about. We don't do this for the money because there isn't any. But when we move into this new studio, there's going to be expenses. And we just want you to know that we very much appreciate any help that you can give us toward offsetting those expenses. In fact, our program right now is that for anybody offering a donation of $13 or more, we will put your name on the wall on a yellow sticky pad that will stay there for at least two weeks. So jump on our GoFundMe page and drop us a couple of bucks. We appreciate it. And we're back. <laughs> and that was Larry growling. Um, hope you guys got that. What the hell was that? He's reminiscing about his prom night. <laughs> 
So effective communication. Wash your hands there. So so we've identified there's a problem, and. Um, you know, what are some of the steps we can do to kind of just we baby have, steps? We don't have a problem. We have an opportunity for improvement. Oh, thanks, uh, Mom. <laughs> thanks, Mr. Positive. <laughs> now, we got we have a problem. Houston, yeah, Houston we, we have, have one. A problem. So there, there's lots of opportunities. First of all, if, if you're in charge of something and you're about to send something out because you're angry, <laughs> put it in a drawer and Give come back days. to it in two days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if, um, if, if you're about to send something out, send it to somebody else first and say, can you look this over and make sure I'm making my point clear? There's, I did uh, that. I did that. And I, who I sent it to? I sent it to my mentor. Yeah. And I said, can you read this? And he said, you better not send that to anybody else. Right. Uh, but, you <laughs> know, good. And, he, and, you, yeah, and you live to breathe another day. So yeah. there you go. Right. So that's, that's always good advice is just have somebody look it over objectively. Don't be hurt if they change something, you know, but, but just, hey, am I making... Am I making my point clearly? If you're um, if you're putting out a request for assistance, you have to reach out specifically. Vague requests for overall help with some large project so, so are zeros. We had talked about, um, or actually, it was uh, the gentleman from uh, Masonic Roundtable. They had talked about running the Masons like as a business. They wrote a book about it. Wrote a book. Okay, right. But I think we could even like hammer mm. that down a little further, like running it like you're a commissioned salesperson, you know? So like if your goal is to get a different behavior, good, bad, indifferent, better participation, we want a lot of people to come out to this dinner. You just kind of got to think about like, that's our objective. How, what, what do we need to do to get 50 butts in seats tonight? Or, you know, not tonight, but in, in two months. Yeah, and that's you, you know what know. that's that's really genius. I hate to admit oh, it, no. but that's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> okay, come on. Now. So we're going to start writing right now, and we go sell for four ninety nine on Amazon. Uh, yeah. What 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 you do when you you lay out your plan, Pete? You you enumerated what the goal is going to be. What you have to do then is go back and develop action steps to yeah. take you to meet that goal. And there could be 30 or 40 action steps that you would need to get to that goal, but they would have to be assigned to various individuals because one person is going to do all 40 or 50 of them. And Which then is usually that, how it works that out. That person at the top whose goal is to get 50 people in those seats follows up with those people who are assigned that action but, step. Uh, but we just can't omit some of the, the obvious things. The, like, what do we, we want to have a dinner and we need at least 30 people there. So how are we going to achieve that? And if you, you go that, through that, those action steps and it can't be achieved, then let's not have that activity. That's right. That's right. Okay. We're, we're veering off a little bit from the subject of communication, and that's, that's program planning, and, and that's a good, still a good thing. But the idea of, of communicating, of clearly defining the goal and then communicating to the right people what the goal is Correct. and how to Correct. how to organize it. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But what what we're what we're focusing on here is the communication side of it, right? And we talked a little bit about the need for communication in the last segment, but what we can talk about now is the methodology of communicating. Because one of the things we're faced with is probably a full third of of the membership of my lodge doesn't own a computer or if they did wouldn't know how to turn it on because it's it's a 
you know, 386 uh, IBM compatible computer. So you can't reach those guys by email. They're not on Facebook. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to tweet them. You're not, you know, they're just not. So do you reach those guys? I, I hate the concept of, of writing them off, but you're not going to reach them by electronic means. So, so we have to, it's, it's phone or it's mail, right? So I think there's like several different areas that we could identify that we poorly communicate in, right? And like you're, you're talking about just disseminating information, right? So maybe we, maybe we can, can address a couple different of those areas and, and pick back up on disseminating the information. You know, we also have a bad habit of not being able to have the tough conversations fast enough, right? Like that's just a killer in business. It's a killer in Freemasonry. If you avoid the tough conversation too late in the game, you know, what kind of cancer has, has spread through your organization? And we also, you know, sometimes we don't praise enough, right? Like praise in public and criticize in private. Mm -hmm. But I think we should touch on all those. But let's go back to disseminating the information. Well, that I mean, that's just one. So we, you, you've got, you know, you've got manual methods of, of mail, phone, physically going to see somebody to talk to them about whatever the message is. You've got electronic communication that's email, Facebook, tweets. It, but, websites, but those are right? tools. That's what I think. I'm, what we need to focus on is the content of the message. Well, How do we communicate a viable message that people, well, the content, the majority of them, the content will understand? Well, well, here's pure basic basic marketing. We come up with a cohesive message. We have we we can all agree this is the message. But if there's and let's just take for example a, a program at. A state of meeting night. Okay. Well, well, let's compare it to like a Geico, a cave degree, a Geico commercial or something like that. There's, they have one thing for the radio. They have one thing for television. They have something coming across YouTube there. They may have mailers. They have things that are stuffed in your mailbox. They are bombarding you with every different kind of media. Now, of course, in Freemasonry, we don't have the money. We can't do TV in this, but you can do internet. You can do email. You can do a physical mail, you can do a phone call, Facebook message, whatever. You can hit text messaging. I mean, like, call them all, whatever. And you need to do multiple. Mm -hmm. If you don't do multiple, you're alienating a segment. I have a, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, I'm done. We had, we, I had a really interesting conversation with uh, an old timer up in Harrisburg today. And uh, he was coming up to Zembo to pick something up and walked into our building by accident, which happens all the time. For those of you that aren't in Pennsylvania, Zembo's our shrine building, and we we are you know we're neighbors. So he was telling me about he was a, a member of Millersville for over fifty years, guys in his eighties, and he was telling me about an old past master, and and uh, he said that past master was an ex-state cop, and the guys that he knew. Uh, that, that weren't going to come to a meeting just because they got the notice in the mail, he would call them up and he would say, well, I see you at the stated meeting. Or he would say something like, I expect to see you on Wednesday night or whatever night their meeting is. And I feel like you get your paper notice, you get your email notice, you get your whatever, you get your call them all, but they're, but they're just, they're, they're passive advertising, right? It's the same thing on Facebook. Like, yes, I'm going, no, I'm going, maybe it's really easy to say, yeah, I'm going to go and then not show up. But when you have somebody who's, you know, asking you to commit face to face, it's a lot harder to say no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I feel like 
maybe we need to bring some of that back. And I know that, you know, that, that would be difficult to pin on a master to call everybody in the lodge. Like that's just not possible when you have three, 400 people in some of these lodges, but you certainly have, again, you know, go back to delegators. If you say, Hey brother, so-and-so could I count on you to call, you know, 20 of the over 70 guys that, that are not active on email and see if they'll come out. I'll tell you what, I'll buy your dinner that night. If you do that for me. Sure. I, I mean, I make, made this snarky observation years ago of, well, I don't make eye contact. But on, on a more serious note, every office I've ever held in a Masonic body is because someone asked me. I, ne- like, I, I was not active in Scottish Rite for years. Jeff, asked, Jeff Moyer asked me if I would be interested in doing something with the Rose Croy line. Um, I didn't have anything else going on and it's intriguing. So yes, you know, so I said, you know, unless I have a reason to say no, I'm not just going to flat out say no. And I think a lot of people are like that. And I just think there's a lot of people that if you ask them, even if to come out to dinner, you're going to get a better chance of them sure. coming if you physically ask them. And language is just a little tweak of language makes such a difference. All right. Like if I said, Hey Jack, do you think you can come to a lodge 43 stated meeting? And if I say, or if I say, hey, Larry, <laughs> would you come to my meeting with me? I mean, that, that, I mean, that's different. That's, that, that, that's hey, a whole Jason, different I'd really like it if you could come to the meeting on Thursday. Which meeting do we have on Thursday? Wait, well, you just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. And it's <laughs> going to be a lot harder for me to say no or to, be, to, to blow off. I couldn't say no to you when you invited me to 43. I don't know how to paid for it, but. <laughs> so so, so uh, in, the opposite, in the opposite vein, my wife says to me, do you want to take the trash out? Well, no. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> so be careful how you ask what you ask, because you might not get the answer that you think you want. But I mean, you know, this can go back to like confidence and just succinct communication. Sometimes you just need to say something. It, it, you, you can't mince words sometimes. Um, Jack, I, um, I'm going to need you. Could you take a? I need you to take the. I need you to take the trash out when you leave. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm going to need you to turn the lights off when you come back. When you when you come back down, turn the lights back off right. or whatever. Yeah. Not like hey, uh, remember, I hope you turn the lights back off. Oh, no, gosh. I'm going to need that. I hope somebody turns the lights off when I leave. Yeah, they're not getting turned off. Those six watt LEDs are just <laughs> putting us in the poorhouse. We'll put up a sign. Okay. <laughs> I used to have an uncle that when it was time for you, the visit to be over, he would get up, loosen his belt, and he'd say, turn the lights out when you leave, and he'd disappear. <laughs> that was good communication. So we're going to ask you guys. So if you're listening to this, drop us a comment on uh, SoundCloud. Drop us a comment on Facebook. Is there anything you do effectively in your lodge? Um, we don't throw anybody under the bus if they're bad at it, make it vague, but tell us something that maybe was, <laughs> you know, that could have been done better. And, you know, let's try to help some people. Let's do it. Let's talk about blind carbon copy. I'm kidding. Oh, oh. no, let's do, <laughs> let's do, let's have that for just a moment. Well, okay. I'm wondering, 
I was going to say, if somebody knows how to use a podcast, they may already understand blind carbon. No, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Please. If you have a list of more than two people that you're sending this email to, put them all under BCC. And, and, what, is, and what happens? Everybody gets the message, but you don't see everybody else's email address. And if you accidentally or on purpose hit reply all, it doesn't go to everybody. That's the one, right? Yeah. But... If you see that somebody screwed the first part up, yeah. you don't have to hit reply all. Right. So when the master sends a message out to 400 people, <laughs> people start hitting reply all. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yay. No. Like, no, everybody doesn't need to hear that. You know, the, the flip side challenge of that is, you know, occasionally I'll send out an email and I'll copy the master or whoever the, the message is also pertinent to and they just hit reply. And not reply all, right? So I, I am like continually trying to loop other people into the conversation. Well, that and like not make my emails super wordy because I, I have a habit of being wordy, you know. So I'll try to trim my email down, but also make it blatantly obvious that there's somebody else in this conversation, like Brother Joe, da 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 full master, comma da 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 da. Please reply all, gentlemen, mm-hmm. or you know, because that that is equally as, as frustrating because it makes more work. Well, I right? get I get the opposite because when I worked for the phone company, they actually sent us to a uh, continuing education seminar, and said like, normally in 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 writing, you come up with an idea. And then you flesh it out. And like the very end of this email, you're going to say, so, uh, Jack, I'm going to need you to come on Thursday. Well, even if he got the email, he did not read the, <laughs> the 500 words of text. So they said, ask things right away. Jack, I'm going to need you to come out on Thursday. Then you can go and explain in 500 words. They even got to the point where they said, if it's something work related and it's important and you can be succinct enough just to put it in the subject line. Mm-hmm. You don't even need a message. See me Thursday at twelve. Bam. Right, and it, it shows up on their when you get your your message on your phone. You don't have to open it; they mm-hmm. see it. Right. So, so I want to go around the the if you'll humor me, go around the table, and I'm curious what the most effective form of communication to, to disseminate information is for each of you guys. Like, what will you respond to and take action on? the easiest what's the best way for you to be con- text, me- text message i don't like the tell i don't like talking on telephone and um if it's something i have to reply to via email and it's wordy because i'm not working at a desk all day i don't i'm not at a keyboard so do you think and i don't want to tape a, type a type a long response on my phone so if your lodge wanted to send you a message a bulk message would like because the column malls also have the ability to do a text message. Would bulk text message be more effective to engage you? For me, yes. Not everybody, but for me, it would be good. Larry, yeah, uh, bulk text. I get a lot of bulk text messages from doctors and different organizations that I belong to, and they're effective for me. Confirm your appointment, Y or N. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to be at dinner, Y or N? It's yeah. not rocket surgery. That's right. That's true. Check. Email. Jason, were you? I am a squeaky wheel gets the oil kind of guy. Telephone? Uh, email, Facebook, but I'm a multiple. I need to hear it over and over uh, and over. What I what I don't like um, is messages 
like, but you guys aren't don't have access to it. But we have a, a private host group for this podcast. And you mean you guys, the listeners? Y- yeah, you guys, listeners. We here in the studio are all part of this. We're the only ones that are part of this private group. Um, it kills me because I gotta I gotta scroll two pages over, hit Facebook, open Facebook, search for Masonic Light Podcast private host group and then get as an example uh jack was going to have our guest tyler and then he posted in the group just as a message hey uh, i hurt my back i'm not going to be there at 5 30 to pick up tyler can somebody pick up tyler i checked my phone message it's like 6 30 like 7 30 right oh boy i really hope somebody got tyler right <laughs> right because that's that's how you guys communicate you guys communicate through facebook right in, in and, our, I, and in, that just through that but yeah, you, you got you got a tag. Facebook Messenger is what I use a lot. Yeah, Facebook Messenger. I mean, yeah. I could to me that's as good that as alone. a text. And right. it is a text. Well, and you can call. You butt yeah. dial me all the time. On yeah. That. <clears throat> Half the time, I wonder if you got pants on. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. You know, as far as the bulk communication, Facebook and tags. You know, but the point being, there's lots of different ways to communicate with your members, to communicate with your officers, to communicate with the other you know worshipful masters in your district whatever there's lots of ways to do it but you have to do it and you and have to and you have to do it more than one way concise and often yeah and um i know um you know for instance i mean you've given me a, a some good am- ammunition we have this cave degree coming up in september um and i don't think we're doing an, a, a a quality job advertising it and it's because we put it out there and we expected people to respond and in, in in their not responding, we're just sort of, gosh, people aren't responding. Yeah, I am. But, I am so not even thinking about September. See, right. I know it's coming yeah. up, but I don't even know but, the month or the date. But marketing is repetition, yeah. right? So there's there's compete, also there's just there like for that. Put it out. Yeah. There's a lot of us that our schedules are busy, and there's just we, people fall into the trap of well, let me just I'll wait until that day and see if anything cooler, see if anything up. better comes up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like. Um, but when you're organizing a caterer with a, a meal, you can't. A, you can't. You can't wait. You got to say, all right, cutoff date is Sunday. We got to know. Blah, but blah. you know, that's something you need to communicate with the members often and early. Right. That, hey, we're going to, as a member of this organization, we, I, I apologize in advance if I'm going to annoy you, but there's these things that we're going to need an answer to, and, and we may keep poking at you till you tell us. Mm-hmm. If you can't go, that's fine, but please tell us, respond back with a no, mm-hmm. so we can just like cross you off. And we may keep poking at you after you've responded, because we don't know how to call the list, <laughs> so that's another problem. I, I think the key is, you know... Repetition. Repetition, concise repetition, yes. and, and all, you know, all channels, but... You know, it's very, very easy to say no to a piece of paper, a piece of paper, or ignore an email. Um, and and be that, can be concise and direct enough. And I understand people can get butthurt by being told something too bluntly. I'm good with blunt, but other people aren't. You know, but you know, we got to trim some of these messages down, Larry. If you want the guy to be on the show, you say, "Hey, right, where should we? We'd like to be on our show." Don't drone on for twenty minutes.
back. Well, Pete left halfway through the show. He's still talking to another uh, Doberman owner at their wits end. So <laughs> I heard them talking about uh, texture and picking up with paper towels. I think they were talking about like intestinal problems. Yeah, yeah. it's just, yeah. just uh, we, we probably wanted to spare our listeners. In that horse language, they call it colic. Drink. So this is uh, this is what we <laughs> this is what we do. Right, this, this is our thing, our Masonic Light podcast. But we do want to say special thanks. Uh, and I was not here, and uh, the guys did a great job with uh, uh, Tyler Moyler. Tyler Moyer. Moyler. Sorry, Moyler. Moyler like Euler. I guess that was from uh, David Illingworth in uh, <laughs> his Euland trip. But, um, yes, a special uh, kudos to Tyler um, and, and really all the people involved in Demolay. I know uh, uh, some of our friends uh, just recently received uh, some pretty high honors from Demolay at yep. their international conference. Um, a special shout-out to you. You know who you are. You're a listener, but you're incognito, so... But especially Tyler, uh, good luck on the election. Um, we're we're pulling for you. Um, we're just tell us you know who to send money to, and we got this for you. So, but, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, I know you listened to the show, Jack. <laughs> you weren't here, but uh, there was a part that we were talking about uh, uh, Demolay and his chumps. Yeah, I heard the chumps thing. I also heard it was corrected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was a good boy, and I vetted that episode past somebody. I let somebody listen to it before yeah. we re- released it. So, uh, so it's chums. It is chums. <laughs> it is chums. And also, Demolay International. We asked the question: Have they ever gone international? One Demolay International meeting was held in Canada back in the fifties or sixties. Oh, yeah. It's nice. a little trivia. I have the exact date somewhere in my phone, but it is. Yeah, that's that is trivial. So we had a good episode. Very good. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so. I think we learned a lot about the Malay, and I think from a few of the listeners that I have talked to, they really liked the show. Good. Him on. I meant he was, this episode, he was a great guest. I know you great did, guest. but that was a communication thing, and uh, I was. What another good uh, communication skill is? What's that? Using somebody's name. People tune in when you use their name a lot. Really, Jack. Jerry? Is that right? Yes, Jack. <laughs> what about that, Fred? Yeah. So, Larry. Yo, Charles. Bob. Let's, yeah. go, let's go home. What do you let's what do, do you what do you have going on in the next couple of weeks? Actually, very very little. Really, you know, we're we're uh I'm not going to use the right terminology. Our lodges called are off from called off labor. Labor uh, July and August and I'm going to take full advantage of it. Yes. Yeah, the past few weeks have been hellaciously busy with Freemasonry. So, really nothing. It has been busy. Jack? I I again, I just uh Dialing up for the, we have two things. Well, you and I are you. chartering. You and I. Oh, you and I are are right. chartering an AMD council, uh, and that's going to be happening in August. So that's exciting. the um, The day after that ceremony for the new council, we're holding an AMD in gathering at Effort Lodge. And uh, tickets are limited, and I think there's only, like, a couple tickets left for that. Um, they're on Eventbrite if you want to see it. It's um, AMD in Gathering, Pennsylvania, 2018. Just punch in those search stuff. But that will be the big things for me this summer uh, is getting past that. And then once we hit fall, it's uh, downhill on the toboggan uh, to the end of the year. And you should probably talk about Cave Degree, things going on in the district. Cave Degree, yes. Uh, another one that's on Eventbrite. We're actually uh, becoming very um, fluent in, in Eventbrite speak 
because it, it's a really easy way to track your um, your events. If you have ticket sales, you can use it to collect the money if it makes sense to collect the money up front, or you can do it as a free event and um, and just collect the money at the door. But eventbrite.com, search for 2018 Cave Degree, and you should, there can't be more than two. So look for the one for Effort to Lodge, and it's at um, Indian Echo Caverns, which is in, um, is in Dauphin County, I believe. Sure. And it is uh, a very cool evening. It'll be an entered apprentice mason's degree. Uh, it's a rain or shine event, and there is a, there is a nice uh, barbecue dinner um, to go with it. And it's a very cool tour if anybody wants to tour the caverns and stuff while they're there. So that's coming up also in September. Nice. Uh, it will already have happened, but uh, the last extra meeting before summer break uh, this upcoming week. But uh, we should probably talk about just a few of the things happening in the district, which uh, there's not many over the summer. But the big one is the July 21st skydiving event. So take a look at First Masonic District. On uh, online firstmasonicdistrict.org, and I'm sorry, firstmasonic.org, uh, or our Facebook page, and you can see the details if you want to come jump. I honestly, thought Masons could fly. Les, hey, ne- Les Nesman will be Pete's, in. Pete's back. Uh, so we have July 21st skydiving event up in Lebanon, PA. So if you want to make the trip in uh, firstmasonic.org or our Facebook page, you can find that and sign up. Uh, it's a Masonic event, but uh, uh, certainly friends, family uh, can jump and or participate. So we're working on. Uh, uh, food and activities on the ground for those of us that uh, uh, go over the weight limit. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be the net. The net. <laughs> so I think that that we'll is... the blanket. We'll be the landing pad. I think that's about it because, you know, we are heading into the uh, into the summer. Uh, Studio 665, if you find it in your hearts to throw us 13 bucks or more, we're happy to name a sticky note or a microphone cable after you or more. Uh, you can go to MasonicLite.com. That's Masonic L-I-T-E. Please drop us a, a line on the Facebook page or our uh, Google number, which you can find on our website as well. And uh, I think that's really all I got going on. I unfortunately will not be at the chartering of the AMD Council, the <sighs> co-chartering. I uh, will be up in Lexington, Massachusetts for a secretary slash treasurer seminar. My boss is unable to go for uh, a prior commitment, so I will be there in his stead. Uh, but that's pretty much my Masonic life here in the next. Oh, I'll be at the beach this weekend. I'll be at the beach. I would have been at the beach by the time you see it. I actually won't be at the beach. I'll be at the beach house in the air conditioning, and everybody else will be at the beach. Yeah. Pete. We up to me. Yeah. Um, so Masonically, I have something really cool coming up this uh, what this Friday at 12 noon. <gasps> what? I knew? I am going to be t- on, the, on Amtrak, on the Keystone, ah. traveling up to New York City. Oh, cool. Going to Azim Grotto, and we're going to have a whole bunch of us wearing Hawaiian shirts, Bolo ties, and um, I'm gonna wear a smoking jacket that clashes with my, with my Hawaiian shirt. Uh, and and now you're the you're the district deputy, right? Not theirs. Oh, yeah, I'm district deputy for Delco Grotto. Oh, I'm sorry, where I was last week. I should be paying attention. Yeah, that's okay, but um, it's just gonna be fun. The guys from Azim, you know, we we kind of started with Ubar Grotto, right when there was a group of guys bringing. Azim Grotto back from the dead. There was like one guy that was holding on to the charter and still paying dues. 
And then they had 13 or 14 men join and take on all the officer roles. And now they're like almost two, 300, 200 guys. Yeah, they're booming. Yeah. So, um, but they're, they're, they're a bunch of idiots like us and it's going to be a fun, all of us country mice running around the city. It'll be fun. Is Prophet uh, Doherty, Joey Doherty. I don't know, but maybe down. I can message him to see if he wants to come down from Boston. Yeah, there you go. Meet me halfway. So if he hears this episode and I didn't ask him, he'll he'll be mad. So I'll have to text him. <clears throat> yeah, maybe he'll come hang out with me in uh, in August when I'm up there in All Boston. Right. In any event, this is Jason Lewis, Jack Harley. Hey. Oh shoot! Oh wait, we, yeah, oh, we got uh, we forgot on, about the chicken. Wait, come on! Oh, oh my I'm god! Sorry. You know, oh, it, it's, just, it's been it's been an off. It's it, Pete disappeared. I was hanging out with my buddy here. Your buddy Fireball, man. <laughs> Well, crank up the music. It's a long drive back. Cue the chickens. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, also want to give special thanks to uh, Brother Brian Hill and uh, Brother Jeff Moyer. We had a great trip up to Allentown for the Kite and Key uh, traditional, traditional observance. observance Lodge. And for the donation. Thank and, you. Yeah, and for the donation. Yeah, did we give that information out? I didn't say which one. And Brian Hill, thank you very much for the donation. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a, it was a nice one. And Seeing as how he was a correctional officer, every edit that I make, every correction will be in his honor. Yes, there you go. Oh, there he is the go. correction officer. <laughs> actually, Absolutely. I think tomorrow he's on his way to Scotland and England. He's actually for two the weeks. warden, not. And so he. Yeah, but he started at one point, right? As a no, it was an elected position, I think. Oh. Yeah. But oh. he will be the warden like this of corrections. And, and also thanks to the brothers Senior of, Warden. of Kite and Key. Uh, several of them came up and talked to me at the... Uh, lo- the uh, Traditional lodge, Observance lodge, lodge. At the Lodge of Research oh, there you go. in so. Harrisburg. So that was kind of nice for them to remember. They, they can help you with your addiction. Yeah, maybe they can. You're right. Mm. Okay, I also want to give special recognition to our new staff cook. Patty Love Brandy. Our, our special thanks also to our electrical engineer. What is that? I don't even know how he thought that would be tied into fun. Our electrical engineer, Shockey Leitner. Also thanks to our sound mixer, Ken Not Hearin. And finally to the law firm of Right, Right, and Loser. Thanks for listening. This is Larry Mears. That's the worst one ever. That's it. The worst one ever? Oh. Is there a do-over in there somewhere? Stonehenge. Mulligan. This is still Jason Lewis. And also Jack Harley. And Dober- Delaware Valley Doberman Pincher Assistance, Pete. Good night. Thanks for listening. Good night. And have an excellent tomorrow. Good. I like that, Jack. Jesus, that sucked. That sucked. That sucked. Yeah. Oh man, so right. mo- so moated. Mm-hmm.